Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. Real inspiration for real innovators. If you're looking for innovation and leadership transformation, your journey starts now. Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bourne. Guys, first and foremost, for those of you that have written reviews, rated, and shared, I just want to thank you so much for doing so. You make a difference in helping the show get out to more people. Today, I have a special treat for our listeners. We are talking about how to build your personal brand and social media presence. We are speaking with Melody Borden, who has spent the majority of her 14-year marketing career in the automotive tech industry, and she currently is the Vice President of Marketing for Celebrity Motor Cars. Welcome to the podcast, Melanie. Thank you for having me, Natalie. Absolutely. So today we are unpacking how our listeners can build their own personal brands. And I know you yourself have over 12,000 followers, wow, on LinkedIn. And so I'm excited to glean from you on this topic. So are you ready to dive in? I definitely am ready. Awesome. So my question is twofold. One is, why does someone need a social presence and brand? Why is it important? And then two, what would you say is important when we think about how to begin if we're going to build that personal brand online? So it's a really great question. So I went to art school pre-social media. Facebook at the time was just available to college students with a certain email address from an accredited college. And because I was going to more of a technical trade school, I went to the Fashion Institute of Technology. I did not qualify for a Facebook account. So when I was preparing for art school, I created a portfolio. I went for jewelry design. In my portfolio, I had to, you know, have everything in there from, you know, different renderings to paintings to life drawings, sculpture, et cetera. So I really like to use the analogy of a portfolio with social media because social media today is really a, a visual portfolio about you. I'm starting talking about how an artist would put together, you know, renderings and paintings into a physical portfolio. But when you're beginning with social media, you really want to start with some sort of a plan of intent. Mm. I really like that. I like what you said, plan of intent. And so who needs this plan of intent? Like who would you say are the people that, that need that? Or do you feel like in today's world, everybody needs that? I think everyone needs it. I think the most important thing is that once you know your intent and what you want to do with social, you can start building out your story. And from there, you're going to be able to develop the right audience. But it all ties back into your plan. If you don't mind using yourself as an example, tell us a little bit about how you sat down and thought about your own story. Sure. So some of the things that I thought about, well, even before I get into that, about a year ago, I was thinking about 2020, obviously not knowing what 2020 was going to have in store for us, <laughs> but I was thinking about 2020 and ways that I could bring value to the company that I work for. I work for a Highline Auto Group based out of the New York City metropolitan area, and I'm the VP of marketing, but basically what that means is I handle anything external, internal communications from the dealership. So whether it's you know, social media, PR, our advertising strategies, paid social, digital advertising, you name it in the realm of marketing, I handle it. And I wanted to find a way to bring more value to the company and also find more ways to grow within myself. So I came up with this 
personal branding guide for all of our sales consultants at each one of the dealerships. And at the time, across the five dealerships, there were close to about 70 people on the sales teams. So what we started to do is kind of build out our stories. And going back to your question, you know, I know the things that I like about, you know, life, right? So I, I love the car business. It's a business I'm very passionate about. I love fashion. I went to FIT. You know, I lived in New York City. I'm a fashion girl. I can totally see that about you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I like to shop. Yeah. You know, I love marketing and I'm a mom. So those are like the four main things about me that I wanted to be able to permeate through my story. Now, my intent of building out a social campaign for myself was really to build a name for myself in the auto industry. That was really my goal. And, you know, how do I want other people to feel when they look at my photos, my videos, read my content? I want them to feel good. I want them to feel smart. I want them to feel confident and I want them to feel that they can relate to me. And honestly, with social, it's more about the audience really than it is about yourself, but it does tie back into your intent, what you are looking to ultimately do with your social plan. I love that. And I think you missed one. You're also an incredible female leader. And I think that exudes through everything you post as well. You have such great thought leadership. And so I like what you said there because you're stepping back and saying, who am I? What's meaningful to me? And let me start there because if I tell those stories, it's going to be natural. It's going to be authentic. And it's going to be real to those people who are listening. Absolutely. And remember, although your story is completely about you, it really depends on the intent of what you want to do with your story. And this is my perception of it. I did not go to school for branding. I have just learned from experiencing it on my own that it's really about your audience and how you can connect to your audience. I love that. So let's talk about audiences for a second. Let's talk about platforms. How did you decide where to focus? And would you have changed where you focused when you kind of look back on where you initially focused, what platform you begin to build this presence on? So I decided to go with LinkedIn only because I really wanted to focus on my goals, which was to make a name for myself in the automotive industry. And I thought, how am I going to reach leadership across the industry in another area? I thought that LinkedIn was the place for me to do it. I also was a little apprehensive about putting myself out there and I wanted to just do a little toe dip into the social pool, so to speak. And so I, I chose LinkedIn. However, if I could go back in time, I probably would have started with all of the social sites, not just LinkedIn. Okay. So I have to tell you something funny when you, when I hear you say that, when you say LinkedIn and toe dip, I, I kind of want to laugh because I actually flipped it for myself when I was building my own personal brand. And I, I went to Instagram first because I don't know why, but it felt like safer for me. And I realized like I had to come to that moment where I told myself like, hey, you're playing it small because you only want to post stuff on Instagram. And I had to force myself to post things on LinkedIn because I feel like LinkedIn is such a more... Um, I don't want to call it unforgiving, <laughs> but it's such a more serious platform that I felt like, you know, on Instagram, I could kind of play around. But when I got to LinkedIn, I better have my stuff together. But so it's interesting to hear that you went the opposite direction. You said, I'm going to go all out on LinkedIn. And then later on, you added right. some of those other platforms. Right. I know, 
just from the research that I've done, that LinkedIn is such an, an unbelievably growing opportunity for everyone. And if you want to really create an organic social audience, that LinkedIn is almost untapped. I mean, there's over, I think the latest that was over 680 million people who are on LinkedIn, but a very small percentage, about less than 5% are actually posting regularly, like you would see on other social platforms. Okay. I mean, I like thinking through that because I think that that makes a lot of sense and it's wise. Can you talk a little bit about somebody who might be in that marketing space or maybe that reputation management space? How should they be thinking about setting up technology or thinking about these different platforms and understanding like what's happening around their company brand? Absolutely. So if you are managing multiple social platforms and profiles across multiple brands, or even if you're just looking to manage one, if you have one, one business... So there are tools to do this for both social and reputation management that basically can listen on behalf of the internet for you. So for example, if you have a business, you know, with X amount of employees, you want to know if they are going on to different blogs or if they're on different groups on Facebook and what they're saying and if there's anything negative that they're saying about a topic, about your business, about you, et cetera. There are tons of different types of options out there where you can basically have a voice on behalf of you, almost as if it's your digital assistant mm -hmm. who is listening for anything that's being said about you. And that does help with reputation management and also, you know, with knowing what's happening with your audience and what people are saying about your business. Yeah. I think that's very powerful to know that. Do you have any specific tools that you would recommend us look at? One of the ones that I personally like is Sprout Social. Okay. I personally like it. I can have anything from all the social profiles. You can do listening. You can also post. It's really unbelievable in the terms of what you can do with Sprout, but it does have that listening feature where you're able to see you know, what people are saying and how they're saying it. It's also connected to social profiles and DMs, so you'll never miss anything. I like that. So like, what's been one of your biggest surprises this year as you started building your social brand? Like, Do you feel like there's any areas where it just really surprised you either in how effective it was or how hard it was? Like, What was, what was that journey like for you? Because when I look at your, um, and I would encourage all of our listeners to follow you so that they can see how professional and, and just buttoned up it is, but I'm, I'm sure it didn't start that way at the beginning. <laughs> I'm sure you kind of had to, you know, if there was some trial and error, what would you say were some surprises you learned along the way? I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. <laughs> it's a lot of work. And you see people out there who have enormous audiences, you know, hundreds of thousands of people who follow them, millions. And there was a lot of sweat equity that went behind them to build that. So when I started posting, I didn't necessarily think that it was going to have the same impact that it had in terms of the engagement that I started getting, which is really exciting. But I definitely didn't realize how hard it was going to be and how much work it required. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one lesson I'm, I'm learning along this journey is that it doesn't come for free. It it definitely takes having a strategy and um, 
and then walking that strategy out. When you think about um, social media management, and if someone's looking to kind of begin this journey and really be more effective at it, what are some metrics or things that like realistic metrics that they should be thinking about? I think somebody thinks, well, if I post every day, all all of a sudden, right, I'm going to have thousands and thousands of followers. But I know it's not that simple, but what would you say are some some ways they can look at the growth of their account realistically over time? So that's a great question. And this is a question that I get asked all the time. My number one KPI is engagement. And so when I talk about engagement, it's the reactions. So likes and comments, reshares, that would be the number one. Um, Number two would be leads. And when I say leads for myself, um, direct messages and opportunities. So when you're looking at how do you translate social media into growth opportunities, I mean, being able to do podcasts, for example, myself, I never did a podcast until this year um, because of the social posting that I was doing. Um, when I see that I have an increase in my views when I see that more people are reacting to a story in one of my posts. Those are really the KPIs that I pay close attention to. And quite frankly, from a business perspective, I believe it to be the same. Yeah. I'm thinking about that because the interaction piece to me is so much more important than the number of followers you have. And I think if you have the right interactions, the followers will come. What would you say is you know, I kind of think about the fact that everybody's moving to all these online strategies, but you kind of have some offline strategies that you also look at. Absolutely. From a personal branding perspective, prior to me working for Celebrity, I worked in business development. Um, At one point, I had my real estate license in New York City. And so there are things that you could be doing offline. And even if you're not in a sales capacity or business development capacity that ties into your personal brand, I am a huge fan of having customized stationery and writing handwritten notes. Anytime that in the past when I took a meeting or in the past when I went on an interview, I would send a handwritten thank you note. Uh, When I closed a deal, I would send a handwritten thank you note. I think that people love getting mail. (laughs) I mean, I love getting mail. Usually it's to get a package from Amazon. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. But I I think that that's one way to differentiate yourself, especially when most people will send an email. Sending a customized gift to someone, uh, whether it's, you know, a beautiful bouquet of flowers, or if you find out that they like to smoke cigars, or if they're into beauty products and sending something nice, um, a gift basket is another way that could tie into a personal branding strategy that's offline. Um, One of the things that I like to do is write. So part of my strategy was to start writing for different publications in the auto industry. But if you work in a local community where you're customer facing, you could write for a local magazine. So these are just different ways that can enhance your profile offline. And then you could also tie it back into your online presence with taking photos and updates and things like that. I love that. That's wise. I even think about LinkedIn, how you can just blog on on their platform as well and how easy it is just to sit down, you know, maybe on a Friday morning when it's a little quiet and just, you know, spend 30 minutes thinking about 
just a topic you're really passionate about and then publishing that blog to LinkedIn as well. So I, I like the offline strategies as you were talking about handwritten notes. I was like, oh my gosh, my handwriting is so bad. I don't know if anyone would appreciate that because they wouldn't be able to read it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they would like it. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that because, you know, it really just um, helps you to to let that person know, I'm thinking of you, you matter, and you're an individual, right? You're not just the masses. You're an individual and I see you. And I think that, especially with COVID and everything else going on, it's so important to think about how we can individualize our businesses and individualize the interactions we're having and not make them transactional. Absolutely. So what would you say if someone's starting from very few followers on whatever platform they're on, Realistically, how long do you feel it takes to to grow a platform or, or what should, you know, realistically some of those metrics look like? So 10% growth, 20% growth in a year, if you're doing some of these principles consistently, what do you find makes the most sense? I think you have to be patient and I don't think that there is an exact measurement for everyone. There are people who start posting online and they don't grow their audience. And then there are some people who start posting and they are able to multiply, you know, tenfold in terms of who is in their audience. So patience is definitely a big part of growing your social audience. I would say that you have to be consistent in post. You have to do the research. You want to research different hashtags, follow other thought leaders or other people within the realm of who you strive to be and see what they're doing and emulate what they're doing and look at the hashtags, look at their content, look at their photos. It takes time. I mean, it takes time. Not everyone is able to build out an enormous audience overnight. Um, and you also want to be selective in terms of what you're posting and how you're posting it. You want to be strategic. And that also goes back into your intent and your plan of building out a strategy. I want to add a thought to that, which is collaborate, like collaborate with other thought leaders so that you can kind of combine your audiences. Like I think about you and I talking today, right? It's a, it's a collaboration. Whatever capacity you can do that, whether it's uh, doing a live with someone else, whether it's doing a podcast, whether it's writing an article collaboratively with someone else, like I think that you'll grow your audience more when you invite other people in to collaborate with you. And plus, it's more fun than doing it all alone. Absolutely. And you want to do research and you want to be methodical. I like to say that you don't want to overthink it, but you want to think about it enough where you have a plan in place. What would you tell younger audiences about what they should and shouldn't post? You know, <laughs> it's a hot topic. It's definitely a hot topic. I think that younger people need to understand that if they are looking for a job, that their social profiles are going to be under the eyes of a recruiter an HR department, an owner. And my suggestion for someone who is just graduating college or a young professional who maybe is looking to make a career move is to do a social cleanse of all your social pages. Now, even if your social pages are private, you may be asked to give someone access so they can see who you are and what your values are and what you represent. But I would Take a look at what you posted and say, no, do you think that I love this phrase, 
if my grandmother saw it, would she be okay <laughs> with it? So I would yeah. be very cognizant of what you post. And it doesn't mean you can't post photos with friends and enjoying yourself. But if you're posting negativity, if you're posting things that are inappropriate, if you're posting things that would make you uncomfortable in a boardroom with senior level executives, I would most likely take it off. That's really good. It's good advice. And again, you know, both of us just being in the work world so long, you know, hey, <laughs> learn from us. Don't make the mistake and have to, you know, learn it for yourself. So, right. Natalie, when we first came into the workforce, social media was not what it is right now. Yeah, that's right. We had AOL Instant Messenger <laughs> <laughs> and we had MySpace, but that was about it. And Facebook was just in the very early phases. So it's evolved and it's changed and it's, it's so important. We could do a whole topic just on social cleansing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and I want to like just add to what you're saying because that's such a great point. Like I think about when, you know, social media wasn't that big of a deal um, in what we were posting, but now things are living out there forever. And so it's so important that even before we hit post on something, whether we're posting on someone else's profile or that's ranting and we want to add a rant to it or whether it's a photo or image, we need to really think about what's behind that and what undercurrents is that post going to create? Because as a professional, you know, it may be fine for the role or the job you're in now, but we also have to think about where I want to be five years, 10 years from now. And if there's all this stuff out there that, you know, I may look back on and feel embarrassed about years later, Unfortunately, because stuff lives forever, we've got to have the long game in mind when we post. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, any final thoughts for our listeners? The one thing that I'll say is just write down a few items that will tie into your story that we had mentioned earlier. So what do you like or what represents you? How do you want people to feel when they read or see your content? And the one thing I didn't mention before is what colors represent you. I have found that color has impacted, I believe, my audience growing because I post a lot with bright colors. And I find that when I post with color, I get more interactions than when I don't. So once you know your plan and you have your intent, you can start building out a story. And I think that those three items will really help you. That's really intriguing. I've never heard that about the color, but it makes so much sense. And you know this because you're an artist. Um, but yeah, like doing the color theory, I think is really powerful to understand what draws people in and what excites them when they're scrolling. And so I, I love that. And of course, you would say that because you're, you're an artist at heart. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, Melanie, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Natalie. To our listeners, thank you for joining the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. You can follow Melanie on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And check out our show notes for links to all of her different social media platforms. I would love for you to follow her, learn from a pro. And don't forget to share, rate, and subscribe. Tag us when you do. And remember, don't just get out of the box. Break the box and set it on fire. Let's go transform something. Thank you for joining us for the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Innovation Meets Leadership. 
and visit our site at innovationmeetsleadership.com for more innovation resources. Today's sponsorship is brought to you by Territory Global. We work at the intersection of experience and imagination. We help you pinpoint problems and turn them into opportunities. We make imagine happen. Some of the best organizations in the world choose us as their partner to help solve their strategy, innovation, transformation, story, and ways of working problems. Learn more at Territory.co.